Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. everybody we're back for another week of tis the podcast the podcast dedicated to keeping the christmas spirit alive all year long i'm julia i'm anthony and i'm tom and i appreciate the fact that julia said keeping the spirit alive all year long instead of saying keeping the spirit alive 366 days per year yeah because the last thing we need is an extra day in 2020 (laughs) amen (laughs) <laughs> how are y'all's weeks uh we're in july so that's i know awesome. we are in july so great and Finally. anthony you posted that picture of your local or a target right with the school well the school supplies out or the, with the school the framework supplies going anyway. up the framework going up so i assume so by the time this drops it'll be post the fourth so all that will be up by then officially up officially which is like the signal right that's the signal the burr months are just about here it 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 didn't become the signal to me until we met and you said that was a signal for you and now every time i see it i think about christmas because of you so thank you for that no problem i think (laughs) matt i think it was matt who was on last week yes so i'm gonna attribute it to him if it wasn't him i'm sorry but he wrote on that picture on facebook it's so funny how seeing this used to put the fear into me when I was a kid and going to school, and now it just makes me really excited when I see it. Yep. That's how I feel, too. Uh, I'm not feeling the best right now. Well, I always got excited because I love getting school supplies. Oh, that was the best part about back to school, getting the supplies. Still to this day, I love going to Target and shopping school supplies. I won't be doing that this year, obviously, but, um, but I really enjoy it. I have a harder time getting excited about anything when it feels like it's over 100 degrees here. And it does today feel like it's over 100 degrees. We still have the effects in the air. We can still feel the, the, the poor air quality from the Sahara dust too. Yep. Be glad you're missing out on that, Anthony. You know what I did learn about that dust coming across the ocean though, Julia? What? Was, is it of the that dust, dust of Thanos' victims? Is that what you learned? When that dust is coming across the ocean, it keeps tropical storms from and hurricanes from forming. So we may have the, this minor inconvenience, but at least there are no storms coming to America right now. Yeah, it's a give and take, we're, right? We're taking one for the team. I think my favorite meme on the whole Saharan dust thing was somebody had commented. So it was like a weather picture of the dust trailing across the ocean and somebody had said this happens every year i don't know why everybody's all in a stink about it now and some other guy commented that this dust storm since it's 2020 has that mummy guy inside of it <laughs> so, <laughs> like yeah that's awesome <laughs> this thing i've read all week 
So you know one of the most confusing things I read all week? The fact that Jason Momoa is going to play Frosty the Snowman in a live action remake? I don't I don't even like know. I don't like I don't get understand it, that. I am just pulling up the article now. Look at y'all with your timely conversation about Rankin Bass recastings. Right? Tom, what if they listened to our episode and they're stealing our idea for the connected universe? Well, they definitely didn't listen to us at all if they cast, cast Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. <laughs> the, Who did y'all the, have cast in your ideal live action remakes for Frosty? I had Jason Siegel because I, I in my opinion, Frosty's supposed to be like a larger than life Muppety type character. And Jason Siegel already proved he could play that in the Muppets. So he did. He did. I'm re- I'm going back to my notes to see who I had. We had so many people that night. I don't remember who all I. You had Keenan Thompson. I did have. Okay, yeah, I had Keenan Thompson, who would also be amazing. Also, be larger than life. <laughs> and yes. Jerry had. Um, I forget the guy's name. He's in a bunch of comedy movies, though. So that was not a main feed episode. That was on Patreon, right? Patreon. So right. for any was, listeners we, that are not patrons, there's some good you, stuff. You should and you should check it out because it's like I said, like Julie just said, it's timely. It is very timely. Jason Schwartzman. Uh, no, Jason Schwartzman wasn't his Frosty. No, it's the uh, guy who looks like the guy in Brooklyn Nine Nine. The guy who looks like the guy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The guy who looks like the annoying partner I said I didn't like that you two love in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I didn't love him. I thought he was funny. And he was creepy funny. Boyle's gotten a lot funnier. Boyle. That's it. So the guy that looks like Boyle, is that the guy that was on the remake of The Odd Couple that had Matt Chandler in it? Because he's been on the match game lately. And he does look like, and I explained him to Marty that's like exa- this. That looks, that's exactly yeah, Thomas Lennon. Yeah, I said that guy looks like Boyle on. <laughs> so I did that same cherry picking chain to get to who it was. How funny is that? I love that. Great mind. <laughs> I've never seen this odd couple. Is it good? Um, it was okay. It was not as good as Chandler's other failed TV show um, where a- he was the sports guy and his wife had died and he was in therapy. Look that one up. It has the guy from Everybody Hates Chris in it. That show was great and it was canceled way too soon. I love that we're calling Matthew, that Matthew Perry is so iconic as Chandler right. that we call him Chandler. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but he's Chandler. So this article says the snowman character itself will not use Momoa's appearance. They'll only be doing the voice work for the role. So that makes I mean, sense. Well, I still don't see it. It will be produced by John Berg and Greg Silverman, along with Jeff Johns. Berg and Silverman were senior execs at Warner Brothers, helped launch Aquaman. And David Birnenbaum, who previously worked with Berg on Elf, is writing the script for the movie. So there's some hmm. potential there. Hmm. The team behind the film is playing out Momoa's real-life character as a family man. We know Jason as a true human being filled with love, compassion, and deep connection to Ohana, all of which is the living spirit of Xmas and Frosty, Silverman adds. So. Ohana. Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind. Aw, Lilo and Stitch. So, so you know the funniest thing about this article when I posted it in the Tissa podcast group? What? The men listeners and the women listeners had very different reactions. 
the women all commented, oh, so Frosty's going to make everyone else melt now. Frosty's oh supposed gosh. to be sexy now, et cetera, et cetera. And all the right. men were like, hmm, can't see it. Really? Et cetera. Which made me laugh so much just at the differences. Because you know if they cast, like, someone undeniably gorgeous as, like, Mrs. Claus, the reactions would be completely opposite. And it's just so That's funny right. to me. That's right. You just can't see any person being attractive being frosty. I mean, he's literally he's literally three oversized circles stuffed on top of each other. Uh, we don't know that. We don't know if Jason Momoa's frosty is going to have snow abs or something. Oh, I hope not. I hope not either. <laughs> I hope not. I don't even want to put that out there. Yeah, don't. Let's take that back out. So, so you know what? I do want to put the out there though. From what you put out, what? So I listened to Todd Killian's latest Christmas Clatter podcast, in which our very own Tom. Latest and potentially the best, I would say. <laughs> I would argue the best. Debatable. That's debatable. So, Tom, I just want to say something. Deep, I was deeply troubled by your account of the origins of our show. Why? Well, you got it mostly right, but you started off by saying, one day, <laughs> one day I was browsing Reddit as I do, I struggled across this post from a strange, strange, strange man. Oh my gosh, <laughs> three times, Tom. <laughs> and then and then you went on to say we talked. And <laughs> I thought I thought he was cool. I thought we, we had similar taste in movies, or so I thought the past three years have taught me differently. <laughs> to, 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 to which I want to say, to which I want to say. We are closer on most of them. The ones we're divided on, we're really divided, but we're not as far off right. on a lot of them. No, it's just, it's just, it's kind of like obnoxious people at an event, right? Everybody else is getting along and you've got those like few loud people that ruin everything for everybody else. Those movies are the, are the, the loud obnoxious people in our, in our podcast. <laughs> but if I'm on a podcast, I'm like, yeah, we all get along. We all have great fun. People aren't going to go listen. They're like, oh, wait, wow, this sounds like there might be some spiciness. Let's check it out. No, exactly. It was, it was a marketing ploy. It was a marketing ploy that had some truth <laughs> to it. Uh, I do also want to say you gave kudos to Daddy's Home too, which I was going to challenge you on because you always make fun of me for my score on that movie. But then going back to the episode, you were actually talked it up more than I did. You just challenged me on the score, so I can't give you crap for that. No, and, and if I remember right, the score had to do a lot with the overall general feel of the movie as a Christmas movie. Well, I think the score, why you troll me on the score, is because of where I ranked later movies, such as The Nativity Story and uh, Joyous Noel. <laughs> and Julia, you're doing it in the fall, right? You're in Christmas Clatter in In October, fall? I get to give my take on. That's why I can't challenge to Tom's other stuff yet, because he's going to spring the same surprise questions on you, Julia. And I don't oh, want to give okay. away Tom's answers. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true, because you'll listen to it beforehand. Well, Tom, I disagree with your actor you picked. Why? I, I just can't stand Matt Damon. <gasps> you don't like Matt Damon? I hate Matt Damon. I, I Matt Damon. would... He's probably one of the first actors I'd erase from history if I could. Oh my James, god! James Cameron is the first is easily the director I erase. I so, think that guy's a pretentious dot dot dot. But Matt Damon can't stand him, and he was an idiot. Matt Damon all day long. 
And he was an idiot because he said himself he turned down. He regrets turning down. He said he was. He calls himself an idiot because he turned down the role of Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. And he said, "Biggest mistake of my career." <laughs> because think of how respect him for that. It takes a lot to admit you're wrong. Yeah, I know. Maybe you should take a lesson, Tom. Huh? Maybe maybe Anthony just has so much practice with doing that he forgets how hard it is for others. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to go back after that after that most ridiculous dribble just fell out of your mouth about Matt Damon. And if you haven't listened to the Todd Killian podcast, uh, Christmas Clatter featuring yours truly, please go listen to it and listen to my description of Anthony. And then go back to listen to mine when I was on, when I was Todd's guest. And then tell us who is nicer to the other person on this show and tell us who really is the worst human being. Well, I think a lot of people are going to go with me after what you said about Matt Damon. <laughs> you know Although what? I do find there's the no Matt account- Damon There's the Matt no Damon accounting skit. for taste. There's the Matt Damon skit on Family Guy that's really funny. Where ben Affleck's doing all the writing of everything and Matt Damon asks to have his name on it and then he asks yep. what his input was and he just goes, Matt Damon! <laughs> There's no accounting for taste, though. So if people want to leave me the worst because they like Matt Damon, well, I welcome that. Speaking of, did you see we really pissed off Disco on Facebook by by calling Danica McKellar the better Hallmark actress? Oh, because he's a Candace Cameron Bure fan. So she, she com- he he commented on that post hashtag she's no Candace Cameron Bure, <laughs> and I replied, "Thank God for that." And he said, "You're dead to me." <laughs> oh, which I just posted a gif of uh, Candace Cameron Bure going oh my lanta <laughs> Ellie likes that show and it's just terrible uh, House is it's terrible. terrible she just says that throughout life and not on that show she's playing herself on that show does she really say oh my lanta yes she mm-hmm. does she didn't grow out of that mm-hmm. nope <laughs> Oh, that's pathetic, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much sums her up in a nutshell. Speaking of pathetic... Did I get into this nutshell? <laughs> oh, that's harsher than I was going to go. I was going to say, <laughs> speaking of disappointing, this week we are talking about 2018's TV special, A Legendary Christmas with John and Chrissy. And by John in, and Chrissy, I mean John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Great minds, Julia. Great minds. Did this air on NBC? Yes. Because the voice. That's how I remember. (laughs) Um, So this was an NBC holiday TV special. And in in the manner of which most of these holiday TV specials, especially throwback, it doesn't have just John Legend and Chrissy Teigen in it. It has a whole lot of extra guest hosts. All around the premise that John Legend and Chrissy Teigen host a Christmas party at their house. That's what it is. They're hosting a Christmas party. That's an excellent plot Which, synopsis. And it's honestly the plot of just about all these old variety specials, right? Them hosting right. Christmas parties at their house. Usually That's there's right. a snowstorm or something. And yeah. Why? So before we get into this, and we can decide to talk about this later, but my question is, why doesn't this work anymore? I think that's a question we should discuss at the end after we discuss the special. But I have ideas on that. So... Okay. Let's cover the high-level details real fast. So this was directed by Ryan Polito. Polito? Meryl Sharp? How to say his name? 
Um, he's got a lot of TV stuff in his bag, mostly TV stuff in his bag. Teen Mom 2, um, The New Price is Right. He's involved with the 2012 to 2013, 105 episodes, 185 episodes of The New Price is Right. He's done some stuff on Comedy Central. He's done a lot of different things with different artists like Taylor Swift, Jimmy Buffett, Janine Garofalo. Um, so this whole random mixed bag of people in a special is kind of right up his alley. I mean, he's not really one of those directors you say, oh, well, what was your favorite thing that he did? Because he's done just a whole lot of random stuff. Uh, Teen Mom 2. I'm joking. I'm joking. Is that your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so he also great. does the Misery Index. That have you watched that <gasps> show? It's on. I TV. like that. Do you like that? I hate that show. And I'll tell you why I like it. I just uh, because me and Sarah are making it into a competition between ourselves, trying to rank how we do more miserable. It's not so much I like the show; I like the premise. So they have a board game at Target. It's a card game mm-hmm. where it's four different rounds, and you're supposed to play other people, guessing how close you can get to the Misery Index, where it would fall. And that's fun to play with a group of people. Just seeing, I like seeing where people think certain things would fall on that scale oh, uh, we should play for, we should play an episode oh that would be fun i think the three of us would have different ideas i will say the favorite thing he's ever done and it's also a christmas thing is he has directed a time or two the disney parks christmas morning stuff when they do oh, their parades fun. and all of that and we like watching those christmas morning the writers for this tv special are Akila green and eliza skinner eliza skinner I- was the head writer I didn't know there were writers for this special. There were writers for this special, Shocking. actually. <laughs> um, Eliza Skinner has done stuff with other late night talk show hosts. Um, the Late Late Show with James Corden, she's got some stuff there. She's a head writer for Drop the Mic, a TV series. And that's pretty much the stuff she's done that I'm most familiar with. <laughs> um, so as this TV special is really just a combination of a whole lot of other famous people showing up at John and Chrissy's Christmas party. Um, Some of the names you see pop up throughout the episode are Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. That's right. right. Um, Aquafina is also in this. Darren Chris from Glee. We've covered him before in our Christmas And a very Harry Potter musical. A very Potter musical. Oh, really? He plays Harry. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Jane Lynch, Zach Galifianakis, Retta, also from Parks and Rec. We love her so much. Um, Keenan Thompson Retta. from Saturday Night Live shows up in this one. Um, Derek, the I never can say his last running, name. He's the longest running SNL actor. He is the longest running SNL character. Uh, character. He was the first SNL character awesome. to be born after 1979. Really? Yeah, I read that the other day and I thought, huh gonna have to remember this it's gonna come in handy someday and boom here we are (laughs) here it is (laughs) do you pronounce it Derek huff or Derek how i think huff that's how how it's supposed to be right so Derek huff has a teeny little part um is that the dancing with the stars dude it is originally the dancing with the stars dude i watched that world of dance i really love that show because i love jennifer lopez for some odd reason i don't know i really like her He's on that show, does, and I love that show because I like watching people dance. It's fun. Doesn't everybody I, love I, Jennifer I like, Lopez? I like watching Jennifer Lopez dance too. She doesn't dance. Pervert. In it. She judges. Uh, she danced. It, she danced in that very uh, good movie that came out last year. That's fun to watch on mute on HBO. 
<laughs> oh Lord, with all the pole dancers, hustlers. <laughs> That's it. Ew. She was nominated for an <laughs> award for that too. She was. She was nominated for a few awards for that. That movie actually got. And really I'm good sure reviews. everybody who nominated her probably had it on mute too. <laughs> her halftime show with Shakira was awesome. So uh, her yeah, show it was. With was awesome. That was incredible. Shakira is one of the first people I've ever seen that can outdance her on stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Shakira is amazing. Speaking of things without sounds, I remember after that halftime show, all the people posting pictures and gifts of that show yeah, man. on Facebook and Twitter and Reddit. <laughs> I mean, it's just when you have them and you have like, Ellie um, Lega likes watching dancing too. So we do, we do quite a bit of Queen Bay on our TV with Ellie. Mm-hmm. So she can dance along with her. It's just, it's, it's really, yeah. If she, she likes can, dancing, you should watch World of Dance. We'll check it out. She like she really likes to watch uh, Justin Timberlake's videos too, mm-hmm. and Usher. Um, we also have Megan Trainer pops up in the special. Stevie Wonder pops up in the special, and I saved the best for last. Chris Jenner and Kim Kardashian also pop up in this special. Okay, so histories with a legendary Christmas with John and Chrissy. So first of all, I think I like John Legend and Chrissy Teigen as people. I think I, John Legend has a great voice. We're very politically aligned, me and them. They do a lot of charity work. Uh, Chrissy Teigen's funny to follow on Twitter. She live tweeted when she discovered um, Naked Attraction, which is a British reality dating show in which you're basically judged on your naked looks. You get on stage, you get naked, and it's oh a Oh my fun- gosh. Are you <laughs> it, serious? It, so what happens is, say, it's a, uh, say you're the contestant on the show, Julia. There will be a bunch of men on stage. Uh, they'll only have from their neck to their waist showing, completely naked. And then you eliminate people based on that. Then you ask questions, you can eliminate people based on that. Then you'll have from the waist down showing, front, you see everything. Then you turn around, <laughs> you see that. And then when you get down to the final two, you get to see them all, face, whole body. And then you pick one, and that's the winner. But before he agrees to go on a date with you, then the contestant has to get naked and he gets a chance to reject you live. Like you just rejected everyone. There's so much wrong with that. <laughs> I know. I totally. don't even know where to begin with totally, the problem with this. Totally. But, but that's why she live tweeted it. She just couldn't believe this was a thing. And it was the funniest thread to follow as she was in Britain, found it on TV and live tweeted this. It's the funniest show. And they do it the other way too. There are male contestants and then females lined up. But it is so funny not to be taken seriously i mean not for the watchers the listener or the people on it i guess you're trying to find i don't know what you're trying to find but highly recommend it hilarious anyway so <laughs> i like following her twitter feed ever since that john legend because he taking her fun and I, I like john legend's music and in terms of celebrity couples i think they're cute together they seem very in love they seem very in love with their daughter which i like I'm not a big celebrity pop watcher. I used to be more into that. I'm just more into following like movie and TV news now in terms of Hollywood rather than the actual celebrity lives. But I guess if I, <clears throat> they're one of the couples I quote unquote follow. Anyway, so I like them. So when this special was going to air, I was excited. And I know me and Sarah watched this live. And I remember Sarah not liking it. I can't remember a thing about when we watched it live, what my opinions were. I think I was probably doing other stuff as we were watching it. 
but I must take full responsibility for putting this on our list. It was my blunder. Oh, thank God. It was oh, my okay. blunder and my mistake because when I saw we did a very merry Christmas, we had a spot after it, and I was like, oh, I think it would be good to put two like modern variety specials back to back and see how they compare with one another. And man, oh man, I had trouble getting through watching this again. <laughs> and I am so sorry to put you and our listeners through this. Uh, I oh, this made I hated this so much. It almost made me not like John Legend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> John Legend. I like his Christmas album, so I liked the singing in this, which we'll get to in more detail. Mm. But in terms of the plot, plot loosely in quotes. <laughs> oh man it was torture and the acting was torture and it goes back to what i said in my opinion stop casting singers for roles in movies because so many of them can't make that jump anyway that's my history i did i did i don't remember i watched it before don't remember how i felt hate it man what about y'all and what are your J-Lo opinions can on- make that jump jayla can make that jump yeah she can <laughs> What are your histories with it, guys? And what did you think? Of, what do you think of John Legend and Chrissy Teigen in general, if anything? I mean, I, I I'm pretty ambivalent. They seem like fun people. They seem like people I'd want to hang out with. I don't really know why Chrissy Teigen's famous. She's a model. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. Anyway, she has cool looking home stuff and cooking stuff at Target. John Legend has a is a very talented singer. Not my musical forte but i respect him as a singer christine likes him a whole lot so i remember being excited about watching this and i watched it and i started watching it just kind of in the background and it was all right the first time i watched it uh, last christmas but as i actually started watching it i became pretty annoyed it just it was it was awful i think as peripheral background while you're doing other things at christmas the music is nice the ambiance is nice it's fine but I, I can't just sit on and watch this. I can't. And I tried again. And it took me more than one attempt to finish it. But I did. Because podcast listeners, we love you. We do love you. <laughs> Julia, it's, how about you? Um, I'm the same, same vein as y'all. I'm not on Twitter. But whenever I see some of Chrissy's clapbacks on stuff on other social medias pulled from Twitter, they always make me laugh. Um, John Legend's voice, it's just better. I mean, I could listen to him. He's like the, he's the audio equivalent of like a nice bath Mm. with some like candles and like scented water. And it just like chills me out immediately. I also Um, like a good John Legend bath. Yes. Good good John Legend (laughs) bath. (laughs) So, I mean, if, if this was just the songs, it would have scored higher for me than it is with all of the other crap in it. And like, it doesn't do anything well except the music and the music is great. And that's why it can be on in the background because I can stop focusing on everything. That's not the music just to hear the music, which is delightful. And then I can go back to, Oh, this is on, but I'm going to turn it down until we get to the next song. Yeah. The quote unquote, I guess the plot successful because it is just people coming to his house for a party. But the little mini storylines, the jokes are not funny, the people I don't care about, um, 
they don't use their people like they could have. I mean, look at all the people mm -hmm. they had in this special and they're not funny. And it feels like it was thrown together the night before. And it was like a room full of 20 writers and each writer is uh -huh. like, Oh, let's put this line in there. Oh, it's a great idea. When do we have to be out of here? We got 45 more minutes. Let's bang something together. I mean, it's not, it's not funny. <laughs> it's dumb. So, so I dumb. will dumb. So dumb, dumb. <laughs> Um, you were right about the jokes not landing, Julia. And what made it worse was the laughter. Oh, yes, the laugh the track laugh was track. awful. The laugh was track I was assumed, awful. So I assume the laugh track was a part of the, quote, ambiance they were trying to mimic here with these these seasonal specials. Because it is like, they, it felt very, like, 90s sitcom. It felt like that. It felt like the specials, like they used to be with the laugh track. So I just assume they did that mm -hmm. for the ambiance, right? But they didn't get they didn't earn even the fake laughter with their writing, no. like those no, specials and shows did. Um, right. The one point I would push back a little bit on, Julia, is I will say they had a better Christmas ambiance and Bill Murray special overall did, whereas Bill Murray is very light on the Christmas decor. Whether or not yep. you thought it was nice decor, they had a lot more of it, the Christmas backgrounds in this one. It felt very Christmassy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it for sure felt Christmassy. Maybe ambiance is the wrong word. It's more like the tone they were trying to set, aside from yeah. it feeling Christmassy, was that it was meant to feel like a 50s, 60s canned Christmas special, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between doing that satirically and right. utterly failing, and this utterly fell short. Utterly failed, absolutely. Okay. So I think we were knew what we were in for immediately when they had that really cheesy opening theme song in which John Legend, gotta love him, can't even act. Like you could tell he was trying to do the carefree ha 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 faces in these <laughs> little soundless clips and he just looked pained. He looked pained. Right. right. Um, so it is sitcom style. It feels like a like a situational comedy when you start to watch it. That opening feels very sitcom to me. Um, but you are hit with a nice song right out of the gate. So the first song you hear is Christmas Time is Here. Uh, John Legend singing that. And it's beautiful. And I loved it. Um, did y'all like this one? Yep. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. fun. So we're and all I fans mean, of his album, right? Yes. Yeah. I do Big like his Christmas, his Christmas album. Christmas yes. Album. And well, I, I mean, love this, the homage to the same thing. on the cover. Yep. It is. The, the, I mean, this is basically made to promote. This is it made is. to promote his album. I mean, right, right. That is, end of the day, that's what's why it exists, and it did it. <laughs> right. So, if you want all of the goods from this TV special, just buy the album and listen to it. <laughs> Don't watch this. Just buy the album. So after that song, which is delightful, we all agree. Um, we get the first little skit that has Jenner, Chris Jenner, in it. Yeah. Gag. Cannot All, stand. We're not fans of the Kardashians, none of us, right? No. I've never even watched no. it because I cannot Thank. even stand the clips what? and pictures. Do you guys watch American Crime Story, the o the OJ season? With Cuba Gun Jr. as OJ? It's done uh -uh. by Ryan Murphy, who did Glee, American Horror Story. He did American Crime Story. And um, 
he did the first season on, on O.J. Simpson. Cuba Gooding Jr. played him. Uh, there are a bunch of people in it. Travolta, David Schwimmer, like a bunch of people. David Schwimmer played Kardashian, though, like the senior male Kardashian. The dad. Uh, yeah, and, and he totally, you could tell they were just making fun of the Kardashians because, like, at this point in history, history, uh, you know, Kim and all her siblings are kids. So, and there's a scene where David Schwimmer, as the elder Kardashian, is like, kids, you have to understand something. We're Kardashians. It's not about the fame. It's about integrity. We have to make a name for ourselves. <laughs> and, then, and then there's a scene where they see him on TV, like with OJ, and they're like, Hey, it's Daddy K A R D. Like, just made the kids so freaking annoying. Like, all about the fame. It was so oh my funny. God. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so the little mini story is that Chrissy's stressed out, right? She's preparing for this holiday party. Totally can sympathize or empathize with that, right? Getting the mm-hmm. whole stressed out in the holidays thing. Um, Chris Jenner shows up, has this big contract in her per- in her Birkin. Uh, for Chrissy to sign and there's just jokes about how Chris Jenner's adopting her through this contract and wants all of her money and Chris Teigen doesn't think it's a great business plan and and I mean that's it that's all that this is about I've got to challenge your use of the word jokes yeah he's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong it's not wrong I will say the one off and it felt like an offhanded comment that Chrissy made when she comments, that's a dope Birkin. The way she says it sounds like it wasn't written. Like she so, It sounded it. very genuine, yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Like that she didn't know she was going to walk in with it. Or exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, I agree. Right. <laughs> so we get to see a little Kris Jenner. Um, we go directly to the living room after that, where John mm-hmm. is more a part of this this portion um stevie wonder is at the door there were some funnier jokes to me in this one but it was a bit like low-hanging fruit so stevie wonders at the door and he knocks and they're so excited to see him he comes in to sing a song but not before they slip in a few blind jokes (laughs) like stevie wonder commenting that he drove himself there john legend says it's a miracle and then uh, other blind jokes that stevie wonder is completely a part of i love stevie wonder in general stevie wonder is so great in this i think he was one of my favorite guest appearances Mm -hmm. and they sing he plays he plays in the living room the tree is lit up which is nice that's when they actually light the tree up for the party um they sing what christmas means to me and this one was really really good too it's one of my favorite christmas songs to hear people sing and get excited about how could it not be good when you have John Legend singing with Stevie Wonder, right? Yeah, I mean, right. they're two, I don't want to use the word legends because, you know, they're two, they're two icons. <laughs> Let's use that. Only one legend. One legend, <laughs> two they're, icons. They're one legend, one wonder. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> So the end of this song quickly cuts us to the Christmas caroling part, which is like a part of the special that was filmed offsite. It's like they do so, on Saturday Night Live where they'll slip in snippets that they've previously filmed. And this part, the, I actually liked this segment, not because it was funny. I like seeing the reactions of the real people because it was clear they're just going to house to house surprising people. And I really right. liked that. Right. So it's in this portion that we get Darren, Chris, Jane Lynch, Megan Trainer is in the group of singers, and I'm missing somebody. And Chrissy. I think 
and Chrissy. Chrissy was there too. That's who I was forgetting. Yeah, so they are going around in some neighborhood, I don't even know, but to real people's houses and they're caroling outside and they've, you know, when they're done singing, they show little snippets of them actually meeting people and hugging them. And, and one of the girls, her favorite singer was Megan Trainer, So she kind of freaks out when she sees Megan Trainer out there. So it is kind of like that cool celebrity stuff you see around the holidays where mm-hmm. it's almost like the Make-A-Wish, right? Where they surprise regular people I, like us. I love the presents. one house they go to where where the one over the door, oh my God, get granny. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, get granny. <laughs> <laughs> and that does kind of go back to it does seem like john legend and chrissy Teigen are pretty cool people yeah in real life so yeah. that helps it also has to be mentioned that many of these stars you see have some connection to nbc <laughs> so you know it's almost like that was a little self-serving a little self-serving that's a right self-serving. <laughs> okay so they get back from the caroling part back to their house or we're we are back at their house and the legend family arrives and there's just a whole bunch of them and during this entrance of the legend family it comes up from one of the legend family members that john's mac and cheese is a lot better than chrissy's mac and cheese or they don't say that they just say john's mac and cheese is the best and chrissy Teigen does that timeout that they used to do in 90s and 80s sitcoms where everybody else freezes and she talks alone and is moving about the scene while everybody else is frozen. And she introduces this mac and cheese smackdown, S-M-A-C-D-O-W-N, smackdown. And um, it's this fight (laughs) over who has the best mac and cheese. (laughs) She introduces it at this point, but we don't actually get into the smackdown per se until later in the episode. Have your families ever had any of these cooking smackdowns we haven't no have you no. heck yeah i have over my what my sister and i are highly competitive and it was who, who that, make the best that doesn't surprise spaghetti. me at all spaghetti who makes the best spaghetti ba- baked spaghetti oh i think we did pie we did pie too tom it were you when i think of you and your sister just saying how competitive you guys are i think of ross and monica i picture you two <laughs> arguing over the troll trophy and everything. absolutely what happened <laughs> absolutely so we have Renetta at this point and Derek Huff show up and they do this bizarre is it from the Nutcracker that she's singing I couldn't even tell but she's singing what they were going for. something and Derek dances and bizarre it was weird it was, and it was, it was a, a terrible terrible use of Retta not Renetta Retta. it was a terrible Retta. use of both of them and this is what? when I have to say, they're have a like, dancer. Let's have something really cool to dance to. Let's not have him like, I guess he didn't have a lot of space maybe to dance there. I don't know. It was just and this, And this is where I have to say, just like a, the very Murray Christmas where there was no point to some of these celebrities being in it at all. It's like yep. shove as many names as you can in here for a pointless scene, 30 seconds most, minute most, and then get them out just so we can put them in the TV spot. Which takes us I to think Keenan Thompson. Contractual, I think they're fulfilling contractual. Yes, fulfilling, Keenan Thompson. I think they're fulfilling contractual obligations from their other shows for promotion. They obviously yeah. don't want to be here. They're not having fun, and they don't stick around. Right. Exactly. So, so you know, like how when you get when you see these, you know, when you see these celebrities that are on shows like Sesame Street, right? They are. You can tell they're really excited to be there. They stick around. They interact. You can tell in their bodies they want to be there. 
here these celebrities just want to go. Nobody looks yeah. like they're having fun except John and Chrissy. Right. <laughs> Uh, and I would argue that sometimes John doesn't even look like he wants to be there. Chrissy is the one who consistency consistently looks like she wants to be here. I, I was not I was not surprised when I posted on Twitter that we were covering this special and tagged them, inviting them on to discuss it. I was not surprised we got no response. <laughs> so Keenan Thompson, speaking of fulfilling contractual obligations. He calls in to let John know he's really sorry he can't make it to the party and ends up being put on the phone with little Luna, who's just adorable. So cute. So cute. And he talks to her until she hangs up on him, which is a bit of a reoccurring thing in this episode. Did you ever see the, um, the lip sync battle. Do you guys know? You guys know lip sync battle, right? Lip sync uh-huh. battle. I know what it is. With uh, Jason Schwartzman, Schwartzman going up against Big Bird, and little no. Luna went crazy oh when Big Bird God. went up there singing "I Got a Feeling," lip syncing "I Got a Feeling." The crowd oh went gosh. nuts too, but like little Luna was so adorable. But espe- and then, like halfway through the song, Cookie Monster and Elmo popped up too. It's like Big Bird's oh backup dancers, and she went. I thought her head was gonna explode. You thought she just saw her like. Oh my god! Yeah, it was adorable. You should look up the video. It's so cute. <laughs> so it's after Keenan's bit that we have Aquafina's bit. She shows up at the party. She's brought a dish. We all know Chrissy Teigen does cooking things. So she's known for that as well, cookbooks and cooking items like Anthony said at Target. Um, I'll give Tom credit Tom said that. Oh, Tom said at Target. <laughs> she has cooked a dish that changed her life. So she's a little poetic towards Chrissy, basically saying it was you that really motivated me to, you know, get to where I am today. But she didn't cook the recipe at all like Chrissy had written in the cookbook, and so it sounded pretty nasty. And it's Chrissy it's, trying to get John to eat it. This just reminded me of Friends. Oh, with the, f- with the feet. The truffle. It tastes like feet. <laughs> What's not to like? <laughs> Meat? Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but, uh, and again. It's a total waste been, this, of Aquafina. This could have been funny. Mm-hmm. It could have been funny. Speaking yeah. of could have been funny, Zach Galifianakis shows up at this point. Um, he's dressed as Santa Claus, and he definitely has a bit of that dirty, snarky, don't care Santa attitude for this particular special. His yes, comment when he walks in is, smells like Christian's in here, and then he keeps walking. Are you all fans of Zach Galifianakis in general? Not really. Not so much. I mean, I don't understand. Like, I liked him in The Hangover. Don't get me wrong. The first one. Because, like, you just didn't expect that movie in general, let alone him. That was kind of what put him on the map, really. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't, I haven't really liked, I didn't, I kind of liked the Robert Downey Jr. movie with him, Due Date, where he has to get home to his pregnant wife, and uh, Zach Galifianakis is driving him, but. You mean when he played the same character that he was in The Hangover? Yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. played Robert Downey Jr., yep. Uh, but I would say one of my favorites, Alfred Alphanakis, is actually the Lego Batman movie where he did the voice of the Joker, which was amazing because he did it like the Joker was completely in love with Batman and going through a bad breakup, which was just pitch perfect. <laughs> he does do good voice work. He had a recurring role for a bit on uh, for the, like the, a run on Bob's Burgers. His voice work is good. But I just, 
when he's good in a when he's good in an acting live action role, he plays the same person every time. I do I do kind of like Between Two Ferns some of the interviews. Right, he's still playing that character. He was the same character on um, Reno Nine One One too. It's just it's, he does it well, but it's like a one hit wonder, right? You remember? Do you remember his Between Two Ferns interview when Hillary was running for president with her? You remember no. that one? <laughs> I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> he was like, "How do you feel?" For the first, for the new generation of Americans, you'll be their first white president. So let me ask you this: If you get pregnant, does that mean Tim Kaine takes over? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and obviously, she's in on the joke, but you could tell she doesn't know how to take it. <laughs> and because uh, she's a robot, like like everybody says. No, I'm just kidding. He ends it the most amazing way. He's like, "Well, this is fun. Uh, we gotta keep in touch. What's the best way to contact you? Email." And she just gets this cold blank stare. It's the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that show is really funny, though. Yeah, I. But again, it's not so much that between two ferns, and it's not so much him that makes it funny. It's a lot of the times the celebrities' reactions to him. To your point, Tom. It's kind like, of what happens with Sasha Baron Cohen. You you know he he was he's a one trick pony. But the funny part is watching other people engage with them. Yes, exactly. Okay, so once Zach Galifianakis gets there, we have our next song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, Beautiful cover. loved, yeah, love this, this song. That song is always a beautiful cover. It is. It is. No, no matter again, where I've seen it, it always, it brings that, you know, I, don't, I didn't like this song as a kid. It just didn't feel Christmassy, but I think now that we're older and we're able to look back and there's some like longing for times gone by, you know, those bygone years that we that we reminisce about at Christmas, I think is why it's grown on me so much. Well, it's funny yeah. because like, as you pointed out during the Meet Me in St. Louis episode, it was not written as a joyful song. Like no one ever expected it to become the Christmas classic that people play when they're sitting around with their families. It's about like, I mean, look, at Mimi St. Louis when they're broken, they're talking about getting through this hard time together. And that they're not going to be together next year. Yep. But it's, it's, I've had time to think on it over the, over the last, you know, to watch that over the last few weeks, why I like this song now, because I do. And again, this is another high point in this episode. It gives me all the feels in a different way that I can appreciate as an adult. Have yourself a merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, good. Um, but this leads us into my least favorite part of this special. And that's the dream sequence that Chrissy has where she shows oh, up on The Voice. This was my least favorite part of the special, too. Oh. It was just so painful. It was like, it's it almost was. like they were like, we have an hour to fill and we're still like five minutes short, even with commercial. So what can we throw in here to fill that time? Yeah. It was well, horrible. it's the exact opposite of Bill Murray, right? The dream sequence for Bill Murray, aside from Santa trolling for booty, was pretty rad. <laughs> right, aside from was, Santa trolling for booty with a Leonard Right, scares. it was the high... Yeah. It was the high point of the episode and here it's just, it's, it's a show, it's a juxtaposition from last week. Last week... The dream sequence nailed it and was beautiful and made you feel Christmas. See, this time I was just, I felt, I felt bad for Chrissy Teigen. I don't think she realized how bad oh, it was. I too. Mm-hmm. I, I had that same like, reaction. Poor, I'm like, oh, right. she's going to watch this again someday and be like, why did I do that? <laughs> 
so bad. And then she'll just cry and wipe her tears with all of her $100 bills that she That's just has right. around <laughs> and throw them on the fire to keep warm and be fine. And then she'll be like, I need to have a laugh, John Legend. Let me post another nude picture of you on Twitter. Oh my God. She posted a nude picture of him? She always posts pictures of him, like from naked from behind when he's getting dressed in the bad bedroom and stuff. Like, I can't believe I'm married to this guy. Oh well, that's weird. <laughs> um, so our next musical number after the dream sequence is Bring Me Love. So the Bring Me Love song, it's really upbeat. Honestly, there are no songs in this special I don't like. Um, I like that no? whole album. It's a great album. Um, so all the songs are high points. Absolutely. And then we're back to the party. Party is in full swing. People are at the party. Kim Kardashian is at the party. And the hostess decides uh, to wake up. Makes up space. Yeah, yeah, the hostess decides to wake up. Chrissy Teigen, yes, does does wake up. Wait, and I have a question. Did I did we get to did we skip the John Ralphio part? Ben Schwartz part? Or is that later on? No, I think that I think we skipped it. I just yeah. want to bring that up real quick. So he has this bit where he's been opening John Legend's presents and is wearing the pajamas with the JL and the bathrobe with the JL and I, it was stupid but Ben Schwartz is funny enough to cute. make me laugh it was cute I, I have to I have to check these for safety before you open them hey, these are going to fit great on you man uh, he made me laugh F Tony he made me laugh in this he does not make me laugh <laughs> you should see in Space Force, how awful he is, but he's so self-aware that it's epic. Oh, right. Like in Parks and Rec, he's completely aloof to how awful of a person he is, you know? Right. Which makes him insufferable. Right. There's something that becomes endearing about him in Space Force as much as I cannot stand Ben Schwartz in Parks (laughs) and Rec. And as much as the show itself is awful. It is not, you're wrong. I went in so excited for that show, as episodes past will attest to. I just... Well, you know what? Let's do live watch-throughs of the whole thing, okay? I'll walk you through the show and explain to you what you're missing. Because Uh obviously you need help. There is a little portion here after Kim Kardashian where we do see the Queer Eye cast from the Netflix show. Uh, They're on the phone talking to Luna, also wishing her a Merry Christmas, and she hangs up on them, um, which she she does a few times in the episode, in the special. Gosh, keep calling it an episode. Um, After that, we're nearing the end. Way longer than an episode. It really did. (laughs) Um, Zach Galifianakis makes some body comment about Santa getting all these lap dances because people come. They continually sit on his lap to tell them what they want for Christmas. Yeah, it was a bad, he was definitely a bad Santa. He'd he get along with Santa. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Which is awful. It's a terrible thing to joke about because the vast majority of the time it is small children on their laps. I don't right. find that a funny joke. We should not sexualize Santa. No, no, no. It's gross. Nope. And I believe the last song in the special is I don't have to change. It's called It Don't Have to Change. Oh, It Don't Have to Change. Gotcha. So I wrote that down wrong. But it is the last song of the special. We definitely it's end. Where he's at the piano, right? At the end? That's right. And it's all dark? They're still out of lights? They still have random candles everywhere? Yeah. Isn't he at the piano for all the songs? 
But, but like yes. at the very end where everybody comes yes. around with the candles? Okay. Right. Because it is a very come together. Christmas is, you know, this is the reason for the season kind of moment at the end, right? We're all together and we're all happy. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. The end. <laughs> bum, bum. Everybody cheer. So do we want to talk about why we think these specials don't work nowadays? Yes. I have a theory. Let's do that. What's your theory? Tom, what's your theory? So I think it's because they're trying so hard to capture something that's gone that was organic and made sense at the time and fit with where, where culture was. And it doesn't anymore. That's not who we are. We don't have this, you know, we don't have this sterile view of TV anymore where everything is, you know, 100% clean and, and wholesome and feel good. Um, it just lacks any real depth that I think we're used to with television. Mm-hmm. It should be great. You've got your whole family together, but let's have some dysfunction. Let's have some mm-hmm. tough conversations. Let's have something that's not just, you know, insert laugh track here and now it's suddenly a joke. I'll add, I agree completely. But the other theory I have is a lot of our talent nowadays, if you go back to the people who started these specials back then, I mean, they were jacks of all trades, right? You know, you got, they were dancers, singers, actors musicians you know they were every they could do everything nowadays you don't find that in a lot of actors so it doesn't translate as well to this variety show type special no that's true it's very true you could get those people though there are those people out there Th- there are but they're not casting that they're going for name over talent right. for these specials nowadays right. maybe if they went for talent first they'd be better like yeah. if you had a good variety special with people i didn't recognize i would still i would enjoy it Mm-hmm. I would too. And I think a lot of people too. would. But like, you need t- actual talent involved. Talent that actually wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Unlike, again, these two specials, nobody seemed to want to be there. Mm-mm. No one, except Bill Murray and Chrissy Teigen, maybe. <laughs> like, we could go back. Let's just think about it. We could go back. And I know it's a different kind of dancing, and I'm not trying to get to that at all. But like, let's say we brought in Channing Tatum or Christian Bale or J-Lo or Amy Adams or you know, any of those people who have, who are classically trained dancers who can actually dance, let's get them into dance. Let's get them in. Let's get the, the people into, you know, the, the singers and have something fun. Let's do something real. Go all in. I mean, hell, like you have your Broadway stars now transcending Broadway, get someone like Adina Menzel and Lin-Manuel Miranda to do a Christmas special. People would go nuts over that. They're big enough names who are talented enough. Plus also, it's not just the on-screen talent. You need better writers. Yes. You need writers. You need writers. Like, and I'm not saying even if you go back to the 50s, 60s, that they were the most, they, they weren't deep scripts. They were literally just skits to get you from song to song, dance to dance. Mm-hmm. But it was at least when you had the laugh track, the jokes were cute. It made you smile, if not laugh outright. Whereas these mm-hmm. were just painful a lot of the time. Yeah, they were. They were. This special in particular was clearly made just to promote John Legend's album. It seemed like it was put together slapdash a month beforehand to get on air to promote that album right before Christmas, and you mm-hmm. could tell it was rushed. If it would be, it would be epic if we got like Jonathan Groff, Lin Manuel Miranda, and Josh Gad. Like if those three hosted a Christmas party and brought in people from that world. Okay, so we're talking about it. Let's look at um. We're talking about well, what the Disney works in these kind of specials. Look at the Disney sing-alongs. Yes. Yeah. Those yeah. captured the same thing. Let's do a Christmas version of the Disney sing-along. How amazing would that be? That would be and we amazing. would watch that it would year amazing. after year after year, multiple times. Their music would get into our 
our canon. It would be a huge hit for Disney. Yeah, I've, that's I what think... we need for Christmas show. So any favorite quotes or scenes from this special? Well, my again, my favorite segment's probably going door to door caroling, just because I like the real people's reactions. And uh, I forget the quote, but it was like literally two minutes in right before the cheesy opening credits, which made me roll my eyes and shake my head in disbelief, but I laughed because of how bad they were. Um, but the quote, <laughs> the quote was, I forget what he says exactly, but he's like, this Christmas is going to be legendary. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Any favorite quotes and scenes, Tom? I don't think so. I do love the the picture in, in Anthony's background, the cover of the show, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Of John holding mistletoe over Chrissy Teigen, and he's wearing the Santa outfit, and she's wearing the Mrs. Claus outfit. Yeah, I like that too. I like his take on the Santa outfit. The the the, the, the dapper Santa. Yep, red suit. Reminds me of that episode of The Office where Michael is James Bond Santa because he wants to impress Holly. Trying to be for Holly. <laughs> Trying to get Holly back. Yep, classy Santa. The name's Bond, Santa Bond. Okay. What about you, Julia? Favorite quotes or scenes? I mean, I kind of sprinkled my quotes throughout. I got the benefit of that hosting is I got to say some of the funnier things that I heard. Other than that, just the music's my favorite. Everything else is barely tolerable. <laughs> um, so is there a Linus moment or is it Christmassy just by virtue of being a Christmas special in the atmosphere? It's Christmassy. No and yes. I, yeah. Yep. Agreed. No, Linus no real moment. Linus yes, moment. it's just inherently Christmassy. Yes. Um, okay, well, let's rank this. This is on our Christmas television specials list. I'm going to admit right now, I'm, ha- I, I'm having trouble. I didn't like this special, but where, what does Christmas rank? Because the songs were better and the decor was better. But the plot, again, used loosely, was not as good as a plot in a very merry Christmas. So I'm having a little trouble. I want to see what you guys rank it. I'm going to give this a two. I liked it less than A Very Murray Christmas because at least I got some laughs out of A Very Murray Christmas. And I like the music in that one too. So I didn't mind Bill Murray singing. No, I, I didn't either. I'm just saying yeah. like, there's something about the John Legend buttery voice as you phrased it. But there I would give the edge to the music in this one. But I did like the music in Bill Murray. Yeah. I would rather watch Bill Murray's again. I would rather listen to the music in this one, though. We're not ranking his Christmas album. This is where I'm having trouble. We're not ranking the Christmas album, but aren't these specials of this variety just an excuse to get to the songs in general? That's where I'm having trouble. But to Julia's point, Bill Murray made me laugh more. This one's difficult for me. Mm -hmm. I think... I'm going to come in at a 2.75. Full point less because I did like the music more. There was some good singing in the Bill Murray episode. But as much as I didn't like Bill Murray, it was executed better. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I gave Bill Murray a seven. I'm going to go a point lower and give it a six. We all dropped exactly one point. <laughs> so, so that gives us an average of 3.583, exactly one point lower. And that puts it at number... 22 on our list between the snowman and frosty's winter wonderland slash robbie the reindeer the lost tribe but that was hard for me to rank (laughs) this one was a hard one to rank we did get comments on this one mainly from a thin white duke our good friend a thin white duke on reddit who wrote never watched this before today as i don't think it aired her name in the uk I love the album, though, and after watching, I can safely say, I'll stick to the album. The best bits were the songs, <laughs> and Esperanza Spalding and Stevie Wonder were great. 
the comedy bits, in quotes, less so. I really like Ben Schwartz, John Ralphio, but he was not used <laughs> well. Zach Galifianakis had some moments, but the non-comedians trying to do comedy bits just made me cringe. Yep, hit the nail there. Again, not all singers can make this jump, and that's what I'll say. <laughs> I have a question of the week for y'all. Well, President Hot Dog had a question of the week for us. Really? If you could pick any celebrity to do a very Murray-style holiday review show, and I guess in the same style as this, holiday review show, who would it be, and what holiday would you want them to do? Matt Damon, any holiday, because Matt Damon is awesome. <laughs> I would rather... What's, what, what's that line My, Michael had when uh, in the office? He had If he had a gun with two bullets, and he was in a room with Bin Laden and Toby, he would show shoot Toby twice. <laughs> I would oh, that's pick, a really hard question. I'd have to think about that. Like, I would seriously. pick Neil Patrick Harris because Neil Patrick Harris is super talented. Great singer, great dancer. Or Hugh Jackman. Or again, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Those are my three. All of them Christmas. I am so over Neil Patrick Harris. He has been so overdone. He is an I amazing can't singer. That's how I feel about Matt Damon. I'll never be over. Matt Damon, Damon. has more variety than... Ah, that's hilarious. I'm Anthony. Could I be any more wrong? <laughs> I'm Tom. Can I stop making any lame joke? <gasps> I Nathan think we Fillion. all know the answer to that one. Nathan oh. Fillion. That's who would lead my special. I could Nathan do Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Love Nathan Fillion. I do too. Do you have a problem with him too, Anthony? I love Nathan Fillion, and I can't wait <laughs> to get oh, the like castle Christmas episodes on the list eventually. I can't either. It's gonna be amazing. I'm still thinking. I I like the Nathan Fillion idea. I'd be concerned about what Lynn Manuel Miranda would do with it. I think I'm gonna see James Corden. Oh, James Corden. Would be He'd fun. be really good. I'd be. I'd Corden totally be behind Christmas those. Shows. I would totally well, watch that. And I think that. the people he would bring. I think he would do a good job of bringing people who are both famous and not as A-list, but maybe more talented to the mix as well. Yeah. Ooh, or Jimmy Fallon. A- <gasps> Jimmy Fallon. He's another. He's a one-hit number for me. You talk is, about but it, Neil, but be, you, you talk about be Neil a, Patrick Harris awesome being hit, though, overrated. For Jimmy Fallon's overrated. And I like Jimmy Fallon, but he's overrated. What would concern you? You just said uh, you would be concerned about what Lin-Manuel would do with it. He's... Pretty would, damn talented. I, I'm not saying he's not, but I'm saying he would try to make it his own, and I would see like changing. I don't know that he would do all as many original Christmas songs, and that they'd be in the original rendition that I would want. With these Christmas variety shows, I don't want something new. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, his talent, I think, could be a crux, and he, you know, he may bring something new. I mean, but then again, I think about like Bing Crosby and uh, David Bowie. Right? Nobody would have expected that. That was weird, and it worked. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta take a chance, like mm-hmm. Jason Momoa on Frosty or the mm-hmm. Grinch 2018 remake that True. none of us wanted. Nope. We have another. We have one more question. I'm gonna throw it out there since this is kind of a negative two weeks for us. Although quite cheery episodes are being so negative. This is from Whoa Watch It Buddy on Reddit. I love that it's, handle. Whoa Watch It Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> if you had an infinite budget to direct the best Christmas movie slash TV special, what would it be about and who would you cast? Would it revolve around a magic train that was very loud but no one heard like the Polar Express? Or would it be about magic flying snowman that didn't have hands but somehow stopped the boy from falling into the ocean like the snowman? Or even about a court case where Santa is put up for trial and eventually wins because a girl gave the judge some money. Miracle on 34th Street. You gotta give us these questions like a week in advance. I feel like these... Requires. We do that thought. one next week. Yeah. 
Okay, that will be next week's question. So we have a week to think about, and our listeners can answer it too, and we'll read their answers. And it's director and would, cast? Well, we, we're, we're directing. If you had infinite budget. We're directing. Okay, so, so if what you would it be about? Cast and plot. And who would yep. you cast? I would probably want to do something original, like a story where uh, a man or woman who lives in this city or country has to switch where he or she is for some reason during Christmas, and he or she has either lost a loved one or given up on love altogether, only to ironically find love when they're least expecting it. Um, there has to be some sort of falling out of miscommunication, a, an almost comedy of errors that happens. Uh, and just before they're going to part ways for all eternity, one of them makes a decision to fight for what's right, just as the other one does. They, they seemingly miss one another. Like one of them goes to the airport to stop, stop the one from leaving and the other one goes back to the house to be there for Christmas. Um, and they get together at the end. We may throw in a kid in there who, who wants this to happen uh, and tries to do things along the way, but it really needs to be something original like that. Would, would you cast somebody like uh, Danica McKellar or Candace Cameron Bure? Or Jody Sweeten. Uh, Lori Laughlin's probably off the <laughs> list for now. But yeah, somebody like that. I have an idea for a Christmas plot. It would be about three podcasters, two of whom live in Tulsa, and one of whom lives in New York. And it's about them trying to find common ground over Christmas movies that they like and don't like. We'd have to add a lot more real life drama though. Like, <laughs> like the fake drama we build on the show would have to become real at some point. Uh, in all seriousness, we'll answer and, this and question. When we're, when we're not agreeing, Anthony, you would get on a plane to Tulsa and I would get on a plane to New York so we could talk. We'd, and they show our planes like passing. Miss each other. Oh my god. And then gosh. I'd show up and Julia would be like, what are you doing here? Tom left to go visit you. I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have that. It would be it would be a rainy, slushy snow, and you would fall on your knees and look up to the sky. In seriousness, listeners, we'll answer this question next week. But we also want to hear from y'all. Where can they do that? They can grab some space to tell us what they think on any of our social media platforms. Feel free to head over to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook slash Reddit slash Instagram slash Facebook group or slash Twitter and get automatically taken to those social media sites that we have where we have a lot of fun conversations happening and we always love your comments. They keep us going. Another place you can chime in is Patreon. If you go to tispodcast.com slash Patreon, if you want bonus content, we have full episodes on a whole variety of things, Halloween films, Christmas films. We have Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas coming up. But we also have things like uh, our fireside chats where we get to know our listeners a bit. Christmas movie commentaries, which you definitely want to do a few more of the big movies this year. Me, Tom, and Jerry from Totally Right Christmas just recorded a Batman episode, which is a lot of fun, all things Batman. And we also did, most pertinently, judging from today's news about Jason Momoa, an episode recasting Rankin Bass in live action and making that its own connected universe, which was a lot of fun. And we actually got comments on Patreon this week, too, on that episode from Michelle Kidwell, who said she has to stop listening at work because she laughs out, it makes her laugh out loud. And then she commented she was uh, essentially laughing so hard at the comment I made about how the elves of Tis the Podcast had always been sexy. Tom? You're not wrong. I want to, <laughs> speaking of Patreon, I want to welcome a new patron that we got this week. Welcome, Jim Devers. We're excited to have you. We'll work on getting your sticker out to you in the mail here very, very soon. If you like our show, you can also donate a little more money on Patreon and guest host. Pick us something for us to cover and guest host during that episode with us, like it's happening in two weeks' time, as we'll announce shortly. 
But if you want to support the show in a free way, besides just downloading it every week in your feed, go to iTunes and leave a review. Each new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. And we actually got a new review this week. We have a new review this week. Yeah. By Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast. How exciting is that? That is exciting. And he wrote, Tis the podcast has all the heart and charm of a dysfunctional family at Christmas. Anthony, Tom, and Julia bring joy and enthusiasm to their weekly review of Christmas movies and specials. You'll keep listening for their takes on your favorite Christmas movie, but you'll keep listening for their scathing insults. It's all in good fun. A definite must-listen-to podcast. So, Todd, thank you so much. It's so sweet. And as soon as Tom finalizes that our new sticker, he'll get one in the mail to you, friend. So next week, it's our first international film, as Tom has reminded Anthony and I twice now. Um, and by international, we mean not in English entirely. Um, we're covering the French A Christmas Tale next week. And then the week after that, get excited. We'll be covering the Everybody Loves Raymond Christmas episodes. So it should be really good and work us up a little bit. We have two iconic Christmas veterans in Everybody Loves Raymond, right? Doris Roberts and Frank Boyle, who have been on oh. the show multiple times. Very famous They've couple on our in show? that show. Oh, <laughs> hush. I'm cutting out every single one of your crappy jokes. <laughs> <laughs> just remember i had it next week so y'all relevant to this episode john legend is producing producing a christmas musical netflix film this year called jingle jangle it's due for release this christmas i don't know if it got it's getting pushed back due to covid we'll see if mm-hmm. christmas chronicles 2 and this one will come out this year or next but jingle jangle is going to be about a toy maker and his granddaughter construct a magical invention which if they could get it to work at time of the holidays could change your lives forever and Huge cast, Forrest Whitaker, Keegan-Michael Key, Anika Nani-Rose, Felicia Rashad, Hugh Bonville, Duncan Early James. So this one will be a lot of fun, I think. So yeah. it'll probably be added to our list later this year or next year. Again, don't know what's happening with the corona. Right. Well, corona can't stop time ticking by. And according to my spreadsheet, we're getting closer every day. We are only... 4,152 hours away from Christmas. That is only 173 days. Man, that's close. That is only 24 weeks. 24 episodes until Christmas. At a minimum, I'll get more than that. So do your homework, guys. Come back next week. Let's talk some French film. Are we doing the episode in French or English? I'm hoping we're doing it in English. I'm doing it in English. Uh, je suis parlé français. Blue, blah, blee, blue. You can do it in Joey's French. Oh, man. Until next week, y'all. Au revoir. You're really going to hate me over there. You're really going to hate me over there. (laughs) Christmas time is here. Happiness and cheer. Their favorite time of year Snowflakes in the air Carols everywhere Oh, 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 oh
and ancient rhymes of love and dreams to share. Fireside, enjoy.